If you think you felt a great disturbance in the force, you're not wrong. Ed Gross and me, Mark A. Altman, have a new oral history coming out this July from St. Martin's Press. It's Secrets of the Force, the complete, uncensored, unauthorized oral history of the Star Wars saga. So wherever you buy books, audio and video, pick it up today, pre-order, and you can learn the secrets of the Force. And don't miss our oral history of Star Trek in stores now. And of course, nobody does it better. The complete oral history of James Bond in digital, hardcover, paperback, and audio. That is all. If you like Inglorious Trexperts, you're going to love our new Trexperts briefing room where Darren and myself curate classic episodes of Star Trek with special guests from various Star Trek series talking about the episodes you love. I think that sounds great. Let's, well, I can't let's, wait to do it. Let's go see. What episodes are we doing, Darren? Well, I, we don't want to give it away. Okay. Well, then you need to watch Trexperts Briefing Room wherever you listen to Inglorious Trexperts and on the new Trexperts Briefing Room podcast feed. Don't miss it. Coming intermittently <laughs> in the coming weeks. Trexperts Briefing Room. It's what every real Trexpert needs. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the 430 movie, see? And you're about to experience Prison Week. Prison Week. This is prison. We're in prison. We're imprisoned by our own ideas, our thoughts, our <laughs> hopes, and our dreams. But unfortunately, we're committing terrible crimes. <laughs> and, and now we're behind bars. I didn't do it. I'm innocent. On the 430 movie. Wow. Who are what our a, convicts this week? What a, well, what a, I'll tell what you. A, Tour through the voices, Mark. <laughs> well, not everybody's what? a man of a, a thousand voices no, like I'm, you. I'm complimenting you. <laughs> or, 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 Is it you something know? different? <laughs> it's better than Jimmy doing on the animated series, I'll tell you that much. Now, now. <laughs> Perhaps okay. you'd better rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, do I hear Monday? Behind bars on Monday. It's our favorite convict. Steve Melching. I got 10 years in the can for stealing the golden Ann. I should have ran. On Tanya Tuesday. He's doing the time on Tuesday. It's Mr. Darren Dockman. I want to talk to my lawyer. You got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Out in the prison yard on Wednesday. He's the nemesis of the big boys here in the yard. Mr. Ashley Edward Miller. <laughs> I don't know. Some men you just can't reach, which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets it. I don't like it any more than you do. He broke the law, and now he's paying the price he on fought, Thursday. He fought the law, he, and the law won. 
<laughs> he, he fought the law, the law won on Thursday. It's Mark A. Altman. That's it. Your 430 movie hosts. We're all here. There ain't and no this more. week we're going behind bars as we as we talk prison movies. Oh, prison we're, movies. And I got nothing to say about them. <laughs> but uh why what is it about? Is it is it is it something like people live vicariously? Uh, because it's something they would never want to do themselves, <laughs> that they're so fascinated with prison movies. Because clearly, uh, people are very interested in prison movies, Stephen, aren't they? Well, yeah, I, I think part of it is is that, uh, you know, that, that horror show of like, oh, my God, what would it be like in prison? But I, I think prisons are just an inherently highly dramatic situation to be in because mm. you've got, you know, all these men or sometimes women uh, locked up. Sometimes uh, why? <laughs> locked up uh you know some of them uh may not have committed the crimes that they're in prison for and and there you know there are factions within the prisoners and there's violence and there's guards and and all that sort of stuff so it's just like kind of a baked into the the prison movie is a a, a certain drama i remember in uh in high in, in high school middle school you know, when we were all talking about Star Trek and Battlestar Galactica, they, they, they the other kids, they were all talking about Prisoners Cell Block H. They right. were really, it was a big show back then, Prisoners Cell Block H. A lot of good prison shows, you know? I mean, there was Prison Break. There was uh, uh, Orange is the New Black. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, you know. Um, my favorite, Oz. Oz. Oz, of course. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was Oz. Oz, well, so. Max State, Maximum Penitentiary. You know, but uh, so uh, Ashley, when you got out of prison, what well, yeah. was it tough adjusting back to <laughs> civilian life? No, uh, why, why do you think people are so into um, into prison movies? Uh, I think for the same reason we like horror movies in general. Um, I think it's it seems like a fascinating thing to experience from the safety of our easy chairs. Um, but we don't actually want to walk into the shower ourselves, <laughs> right? It's, it's like, it's just one of those vicarious experiences that you literally do not want to have in real life, but you know that some people do. He says that now until he picks chained heat and he's like, ah, I'd walk into the shower now. <laughs> I, I, I got his pick for Wednesday, didn't I? Okay. Uh, what about you, Darren? What, what do you think of prison movies? We've done a lot of different genres on this show. Uh, is this something that a uh, genre that uh, that you find compelling? Uh, I find it interesting. I think that I think that Hollywood itself found it interesting because primarily from the Hayes Code, starting in the '30s, um, you needed to show that bad people got punished, right? Yeah. So uh, if you want to have interesting bad characters in your movie, what better way to have them all in one room in a prison movie? And, yeah. and they're they're you know relatively cheap to produce because uh, uh, you know there, there were actual real prisons all over the place that you that were abandoned that you could shoot in and uh, things like that. So it, it was uh, I think it was a win win for Hollywood to make prison movies because uh, the, they were extremely popular because I think you know what everybody said before the vicarious uh, nature of it and uh, the fact that it's something. It's something forbidden, and you hope you don't experience. Well, you know, it's funny. It's 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 kind of a broad category for us in a sense because if you break down the prison movie, there's the escape from prison movie. There's like the rehabilitation. There's the person who's sent to prison. You know, the person who's planning the 
the last big caper. You know, we can talk about like out of sight because, uh, you know, it's been picked before and it only partially takes place in prison. There's the futuristic prison, like in Demolition Man or, you know, the Stallone uh, uh, movie Escape. You know, So there's like a lot of different types of prison movies. Well, and the, It'll and be the, interesting to see. And the POW movie, which is sort of, of a sub-genre, subgenre of the prison movie, the, the war prison movie. Yeah. Yeah, and again, you well, know, we've if we're going to do paper game. movies, I think we should do Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's just me. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you people. talking about? By the way, I have to say that people really enjoyed um, uh, uh, the Richard Donner retrospective that we did last uh, It was two a weeks good ago. episode, man. We said some smart shit. Who was a... Uh, <laughs> wrote that. Go for figure. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Our uh, writers uh, are really a good. clock, uh, even a broken clock, is uh, right <laughs> twice right? a day. So, um, but yeah, that was it. Was um, hopefully we don't have to do one of those shows again anytime soon. That we don't lose any more of these uh, these great filmmakers that we we love. And of course, I want to take. I, I've, I've done this already on the Trexperts, but uh, this is a different show with a different listenership. And I want to congratulate our partner in crime. Uh, uh, Darren Docterman on the exciting news that uh, Paramount has greenlit the uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture Director's Edition, of which he is the uh, visual effects supervisor and one of the the Troika that's responsible for um, uh, realizing uh, Robert Wise's vision. Uh, so congratulations to you, Darren Docterman, on this very exciting news. Thank you. Very exciting. <laughs> He can say no more. I can say no more. The enthusiasm <laughs> for the mission. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you want to hear Darren not talk more about it, you should listen to Inglorious Trexperts, where he'll be not saying anything <laughs> else about uh, about the. Uh, but it's good to know you can trust him with the secret. There will because, there uh, will be a time when I can talk about it. That time is not now. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it's, it was huge. You know that that it was finally uh, greenlit. Uh, by the studio. I mean, it's a it's it's a big deal. It's something a lot of us have been eager for for a long time, and to to finally have it come to fruition is very exciting. Yeah, I told uh, I told Darren though. Um, uh, I didn't tell him the exciting news that I'm going to be doing the Gene Roddenberry uh, producer's edition of Star Trek Motion Picture with a 20 minute longer shower scene of Ilea, <laughs> and all the exciting parts cut out. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but uh, so look for that coming uh, in 2000 and uh, never. Um, okay, so uh, <laughs> uh, no, prison, prison movies. Let's go to prison. Uh, I, I, you know, I'd like to know before we do that, what crime got you thrown into prison? I'm going to start with Steve. You're in prison. What was the crime? What was the crime? I wouldn't have done nothing. I'm innocent, man. Every man in here is innocent. <laughs> Darren, what was it? Got you thrown behind locked doors. As if you didn't know. <laughs> Frankly, I'm surprised. <laughs> and Ashley, what about you? How'd you end up in prison? You said the wrong movie on Wednesday. and never you, you really want the answer to this question? Well, it's, it's not pre-crime yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. actually you want to relate the story of how I ended up in jail? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, sure. Why not? Uh, let's just say um that a uh, a a 0.299999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
never a good plan. <laughs> and when the cop comes to take you to the clinic, don't try to punch him out. <laughs> and don't throw up in the back of his car. Good to know. <laughs> oh my god. And pray gosh. that he just keeps running after the naked guy who just ran past carrying the stolen sign rather than coming back for you. <laughs> well, as I do want to remind you that you cannot pick Escape from New York today because Correct. it has been picked before. By so uh, that's not eligible. I but think Hail to the Chief Week. Hail to the Chief Week. That's right. <laughs> that's right. right. It, you know, quite a while ago, Hail to the Chief Week. That's right. When we celebrated movies about presidents. That was a good week. So um, now we're going to do Prison Week. This is where we curate a fantasy theme week of classic films. Uh, by theme this week, it's prison movies. And as always, we're going to start on Monday with Steve Melching. Well, my movie is a, uh, it's a prison movie. It's a, maybe a slightly atypical prison movie. Uh, it's probably not what a lot of people think of when a prison movie, but um, I can sum it up uh, in a few words. I can eat 50 eggs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. No man can eat 50 eggs. <laughs> What we have here is, is a, a failure, failure to, to communicate. communicate. So, of yeah. course, uh, my selection is 1967's Cool Hand Luke. Come on in there, wicker man. run one time, you got yourself set chains. You run twice, you got yourself two sets. You ain't gonna need no third set, cause you're gonna get your mind right. And I mean right. Take a good look at Luke. Cool hand, Luke. Uh, directed by Stuart Rosenberg, who also had directed uh, the Amityville Horror and Brubaker. Written by, uh, co-written by... We haven't directed the Amityville Horror yet. Yes, not yet. He would go <laughs> on to direct the Amityville yeah. Horror. Uh, he, he, uh, it was written by, the co-written by the author of the original source material, uh, Don Pierce, and the great Frank Pearson, who uh, wrote a ton of stuff uh, in, in both television and movies, including things like Dog Day Afternoon and... and uh, Citizen Cone on HBO. Attica, Pat Blue. Attica. <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry. <laughs> he also served as a WGA West president for a time and uh, also the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences president. And of course, uh, it starred uh, Paul Newman as, as Luke uh, and uh, George Kennedy as one of his, uh, is one of his fellow convicts. And, uh, 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 um, Struther Martin as the captain in charge of the road prison that they find themselves in, and a young Harry Dean Stanton uh, is in the movie. Who still looked and, old. Yeah, he somehow he still looked like he was about 40 years old. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, like the Max Van Sydow effect. We should do that as a week. Actors who have always looked, always old, looked old, even when they were young. <laughs> they always be looked like old. Max 
And then there's a period where they suddenly age about 30 years overnight. They're like 40 years old for about 30 years, and then suddenly they're 75 years old. Yeah. By the way, right. I think um, George Kennedy kind of fits that bill. Am I crazy? <laughs> Am I like hallucinating this? Like, was this a nightmare? Or was there a scene in the Poseidon Adventure where George Kennedy is in bed with Shelley Winters? If there was, I blocked it out of my memory. Yeah, I wish I could. I wish I could. Anyway. That's so what turned the ship try over. To, damn right. <laughs> <laughs> try to keep the image of George Kennedy and Shelley Winters in bed. Especially like a mind, really, for the rest a, of the podcast. A, a really not, sweaty, really sweaty George Kennedy is uh, yeah. cool hand Luke. We're not talking about Star Trek Four. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that a cheers joke? Wasn't wasn't uh wasn't there there was some conversation in cheers about what's the sweatiest movie of all time? And somebody picked Cool Hand Luke. Nice. Some of the sweatiest yeah, I'd, movies. I, I would think that I would be good. I think they wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> Nine and a half weeks. <laughs> Uh, it was the the the, uh, the DP on Cool Hand Luke was the great Conrad Hall who did a you know Butch Cassidy Sundance Kid and American Beauty Marathon Man had a great score by Lalo Schifrin. Uh, uh, Paul Newman was nominated for an Oscar for his uh, starring role. George Kennedy won the Oscar for his supporting role, and then it was also nominated for best screenplay and best uh, original score. And one of, of the, course, it's, it's sorry. I said one of the funny things is that you know we our sign off every every week is Eyewitness News is next. Well, the theme uh, yes. song the theme song for Eyewitness News was from Cool Hand Luke. It was the Building the Road track, and uh, it was by Lalo Schifrin and ABC uh, licensed it and they used it for the theme for Eyewitness News for years and years and years. For people of yeah. a certain age, it's always jarring when that yeah. theme comes on. They're like, what yeah, is wait the news a minute. on now? <laughs> What's happening? But anyway, Cool Hand Luke is a really great story about, you know, Paul Newman, who is uh, sent to this road prison in Florida uh, for cutting parking meters off their poles and general vandalism and uh, how he uh, fits in with his his fellow convicts and and the tri their trials and tribulations and his uh, escape attempts and and it's just a really terrific uh, drama there's lots of great drama in it it's funny um, great characters and uh, you know it's got a great uh, 60s Hollywood ending, 60s style, uh, downbeat uh, Hollywood ending. That's it's just terrific. Yeah. That's uh, I think you know, people who haven't seen it know it from the famous clip from the you know, what we have here is failure to communicate, which Trevor Martin says it to Paul Newman. And of course, it's a great scene, but th there's so many great scenes in Cool Hand Luke, yeah, and it's a terrific movie. And Paul Newman's amazing in it, and um, you know, it's it's a, it's a great drama. So really great pick for Monday, and we're we're forgetting the uh, the uh, chain gang uh, guard uh, with the mirrored sunglasses played by Morgan Woodward, who we oh just that's right we just talked about on our uh, uh, Trexperts briefing room. Am I crazy or is it was Morgan Woodward? No, he wasn't in Star Trek Six, was he? Or was he? No, he was in, in Star, Star Trek, Trek twice as two different characters. Star Trek yeah, Twice we, was not a movie. Original. So he was no, he was not in. The, he was not in Star Trek Six. He was in, uh, um, uh, uh, the, you know, the Omega um, Glory. Obviously, oh, Omega right, Glory. That's right. that's right. And then okay, he was also he was also in Dagger of the Mind. In Dagger of yeah, the Mind. That's so. right. He was uh, Captain Tracy. That's correct. Yeah, we just did the commentary. We did the commentary. Week. No, 
<laughs> I know, but I'm old. Also, well, I didn't know this. This is fascinating to me. I, I did not know that. That's great. We drained four of our phases. <laughs> and they still came. <laughs> He's the best. My name is Simon Van Gelder. And he's one of Jeff Bond's awesome. favorite character actors. He is. He, he's a terrific character actor. He just he died about two years ago. He's a wonderful yep. actor. And uh, and I forgot that he was in Cool Hand Luke. That's uh, just another reason why uh, to revisit this terrific movie. And George Kennedy, who prior to this movie was, I think, primarily known for playing villains, this movie kind of marked a turnaround for him. And I, you know, people of our generation, like I remember him more as a comic actor from being in things like The Naked Gun. Um, I remember it as a TV pitchman. Yeah, him and Ed McMahon were like the number one TV pitchmans of of the seventies. For a while, I thought that they were the same person. (laughs) (laughs) But in Cool Hand Luke, it's a really terrific performance where he's someone who's kind of starts off as kind of a a villain character and then becomes a great friend to Paul Newman. It's a really complex, interesting character. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and Stuart Rosenberg's a director who doesn't get a, a ton of love. You know, he's sort of overshadowed by a lot of his contemporaries. But it's a really well-directed movie. And it's available for streaming. I think it's either on... Uh, Criterion, HBO, I think. HBO Max, I think. It's oh, on. it might be HBO Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just... Uh, oh, God, I just was watching yesterday on HBO Max. Still of the Night with Roy Scheider and mm. Meryl Streep. And it's still oh. terrible. <laughs> 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 you know, it's like it's like a De Palma movie made, you know, without all the fun De Palma. Stuff, without De Palma, so it's like a very dry kind of flat. You know, this is Robert Benton coming off his Oscar-winning Kramer versus Kramer, right? And uh, you know, he wrote it with his writing partner, who of course they did the original script on Superman, and you know, are brilliant writers and did some brilliant movies, but boy, this is not one of them. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know what, why I got on to still night. Nobody was in prison in that movie until I'm sure after the movie ended, they went to, they went to prison. But OK, so uh, the audience that's Monday. Was in, the audience was in prison for that. One. Oh, yeah. I was doing time with that movie. That's oh. for sure. <laughs> Wait, we, you know, and then again, you know, we, maybe is anybody you pick Charles Mathau's doing time on planet Earth? I don't know. We'll find out from Ashley. OK, Tuesday, <laughs> Darren Dockerman. I think I know what you're going to pick, but I could be wrong. So really? I'd yeah. be interested if you write it down. Oh, will you? Okay, I'm going to bring. Guy. I'm going to. I'm going to write it down. I write it down. If, I don't know if. Uh, I mean, you. You might guess, because it is. It is something that I would pick. Well, the way you're talking, well, I don't since think you're you going are to pick, pick it, it, I'm pretty sure it would be something that you would. Well, pick. see, but which one would I pick? Because I have several. Which one if? Okay. Boy, which, I one don't of, which one of the Darren? Okay, wait, wait, wait. I, I, it's like match game. I need that. Can we make like those little things when you stick the card in? Locked in. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. I'm locked and loaded. Uh, Franklin Schaffner is a great director who mm. obviously did Planet of the Apes and followed that with Patton. Um, and Lionheart, the Children's does, Crusade. Well, that was later. I love that you <laughs> slipped a little George C. Scott when you into there when you said Patton. Patton. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your movie, Rommel. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you beautiful bastard. <laughs> In 1973, Franklin Schaffner did another movie 
about a prison in a foreign land in French Guiana. I know it is. And it is the wonderfully strange and lyrical Papillon. After five years as an international bestseller, it comes to the screen. Unquestionably, the greatest adventure of escape ever filmed. Steve McQueen. Dustin Hoffman, Papillon. You keep me alive until we land in Guiana, and I'll underwrite any escape you care to arrange. Done. Welcome to the penal colony of French Guiana. Whose prisoners you are. Get moving! And from which there is no escape. How much would it cost? 3,000 in advance, which you pay to me, and I pay to Pascal, who provides everything. You double-cross me, I'll kill you. How much you charge to send this one as far as Panama? Guard, come here a minute. Steve McQueen, Dustin Hoffman. Two men with nothing in common but a will to live. And a place to die. It's up to you. You are just as much dead as you are alive. Make no pretense at rehabilitation here. We're not priests, we're processors. A meatpacker processes live animals into edible ones. We process dangerous men into harmless ones. This we accomplish by breaking you. What do you think? Did he make it or didn't he? Oh, I say his chances are very poor, wouldn't you? Is that all you've got to say? What do you expect me to say? That man risked his life to save mine. The ordeals of prison. I want that name and I want it now. Then you'll die. The dreams of freedom. The dangers of escape. Steve McQueen, Dustin Hoffman, Papillon, the greatest adventure of escape ever filmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, starring uh, Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman in, in roles that you would not believe them to play. Um, they are uh, they are playing uh, beaten men. They are convicts uh, with life sentences on Devil's Island, and they are trapped 
forever in this hell. And um, Steve McQueen goes through several um, horrific, unsuccessful attempts to escape over many, many years. Uh, and uh, how it how it turns out uh, will be surprising and uh, and uh, fascinating. And it's it is so um, it is so unlike a Hollywood movie. It is very much like a foreign film, but done within the Hollywood structure. And it's very strangely it it it, it connects to you in a different way than a regular Hollywood film would. It's his uh, second favorite prison next to Botany Bay. Right. Show us on the doll where Papillon touched you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's really amazing. There's, it, the, the cast is, uh, is vast. Even, even uh, Billy Moomy is in it uh, in, a, in a small uh, role. Uh, we have uh, uh, Gregory. Is he a robot? No, he doesn't play the robot. <laughs> um, we have uh, Anthony Zerby. Uh, Woodrow Parfrey, who was Anthony uh, Zerby, also in a Star Trek film. Well, he was Zerby in a Star Trek film, yes. William Smithers, who was in uh, Bread and Circuses on Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Merrick, first citizen. That's correct. Uh, Gregory Sierra, who, of course, was on uh, uh, Barney Miller and many other things. It just, uh, it's, a, it's a very Hollywood cast again. Also, uh, Liam Dunn, who was, uh, I believe, in. Uh, a couple of uh, Mel Brooks movies, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, it's it's uh, it's jam packed with these very familiar faces playing very unfamiliar uh, uh, roles, and a beautiful score by Jerry Goldsmith, as usual. I mean, this this could have been one of those uh, uh, movies that we brought up during uh, uh, movie score week, um, and it's just it it looks gorgeous in terms of how it shows horrible surroundings. Uh, so it's, uh, it's actually one of my favorites. It, it's, it's one of those that if I were flipping uh, on TV and I saw it, I would you know, stop to watch the, the next three hours of it. Because it, mm. it, is, it, is, it feels like a long movie. It is a long movie, but it, it also feels like one. But you don't regret watching it. And it's fascinating, and the performances are great. And uh, Dustin Hoffman is very is very surprising. And uh, it's uh, like I said before, it's very poetic. So check it out. Well, I have to say, uh, Papillon is one of those gaping holes in my movie going uh, um, arsenal. It is. It is. It's definitely good words to use together in a, in prison week. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is that, like, you know, a couple of like Days of Heaven and a couple other movies. It's like one of those movies that I, I have not seen and I've wanted to see for many years, and for whatever reason, I haven't watched it. And I, I, I have a feeling I'd love it, and yeah. um, I just I don't know why I've never seen it. So um, worth your valuable time, but drink first. Drink, <laughs> and I believe it was on the 4:30 movie. It was. It was over two days. All the time. Yeah. 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 I think that's yeah, where absolutely. I saw it because I'm pretty sure I've never seen the whole thing. Right. Um, but I've seen parts of it on TV, and I and I read some of the book too. I remember mm -hmm. my parents, my mom had the novel, and I remember taking it off the shelf and reading part of it. And 
being fascinated by it. So I, I, I did notice that it's on one of the streaming services that I had, and mm. I, I bookmarked it to watch because, uh, l- like Mark, I, I need to fill this uh, yeah. void. Yeah, okay. I'm glad it's not just me. I mean, uh, I, th- I think like Alan Spencer gave it to me on Super VHS like years ago. <laughs> And I never, I still never watched it, but I'm, I'm going to have to watch it now. Well, I'm, um, I'm glad I could surprise you. Yeah, yeah, you, you certainly did. And I'm not even going to say what my yeah, pick save it uh, till later. was. Save it, save it to later, as the song goes. Okay, so uh, look at that—a film that none of us have seen, and yet it's a classic. Oh, Ashley, you've Ashley's seen it. Ashley's seen it. Okay, so Ashley's seen it. It's the so big the shoes on the other foot now. Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so Ashley, that brings us, of course, to uh, Wednesday, which is uh, your pick for Prison Week. Yeah. So, you know, I've got the most interesting relationship with this podcast because <laughs> sometimes I, I show up and I think, I've got a pick. It's like, it's cool. It's a little quirky. It's, but it's kind of right down the middle. And then Mark Altman tasks me. Mm. He tasks me. Uh, So I'll tell you, I thought, you know what? You know who owns Prison Week? Like who just, who owns it? Frank Darabont. And then I thought, Frank Darabont. Him in the, you know, forget it. Because there are other great directors who have made prison movies. Uh, And as you all know, I, uh, I specialize in collecting amazing crap from great directors. <laughs> um, and I don't think that we could fairly have a prison week without um, the mother of all prison movies. The Muppets go to prison? No, I wish there was a mother. Oh, Trader, Rebecca Smokes. The mother of all prison movies about mothers. Uh, the directorial debut of the uh, director of The Silence of the Lambs, Jonathan Demme, a mm. uh, film also written by Jonathan Demme, uh, music by John Cale of The Velvet Underground. Um, let's see, uh, it was shot by Tak Fujimoto, uh, who went on to an absolutely amazing career. All of these people um, kind of cutting their teeth under the tutelage of Roger Corman uh, in a little film that, um, that you know, I, I hate to say it, uh, Mark kind of mislabeled, so I don't feel like he completely stepped on the pick. Caged Heat. Prison as a place of punishment. Caged Heat. Enter the female jungle of women's prison, USA. A seething hell of steel and stone where bodies behind bars ache with hunger for a man, any man. Where caged passions ignite in carnal confinement and explode into violence. We have a violent sorority here. Very strong ways of dealing with it. You're in a house of desperate women here. And a long, long way from home. You can't do this to me! Caged Heat. It 
must explode. About to get it, Peggy. Oh. <laughs> oh, and knock your pretty little teeth so far down your throat you're going to get a picket fence around your asshole. I'm pretty good at this. Oh, 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 Behind walls of concrete design. You! Okay, Buckaroos, get him up! Oh, Lord! Damn it, I told you I'll let me go back in there! I said hold it! Getting in was easy. Getting out was murder. Breaking out of here, Bell. My name's Crazy, honey. What's yours? Bernice. Two choices, Bernice. Do what we say starting now, or say goodbye to the world. Uh, I'll take the first. Raised by carnal confinement, ripped by prison pigs, torn by penal passions. Women without men in the cruelest bondage of all. If you could get in, they'd let you do anything. Caged heat, heat, rated, rated. rated. Oh, yeah, I said chain heat, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, caged heat, okay. Caged yeah, heat, yeah. it is the, the urtext of women in prison movies. Um, Roger Corman wanted to do a, a, a women in prison movie. I think he'd done a couple before, but he wanted to elevate it. Okay, Roger, yeah. Roger Corman wanted to elevate the women in prison genre. <laughs> well, that, that, tells he, you, that tells you the level of his previous women in prison movies. It, it does. <laughs> he hires Jonathan Demme. Jonathan Demme writes the screenplay. He directs the film, um, but he actually, he innovates some things. I mean, look, there's a lot of nudity in this movie. It's definitely an exploitation movie. Um, it's it's actually the first time in one of these films that there was a, a female warden. Um, you know, there's, he's actually like- Sybil Danning, going, right? Uh, is that right? I mean, I would go to the phones, but I think that- I, um, I'm not, I wouldn't swear to it, but I'm-, I'm I bet Steve know. Melching knows. I bet he does. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think it was Sybil Danning. Um, frack. Now I like now I want to go look it up, but I don't want to because it's the 430 movie. Um, anyway, it's uh it's look, it's it's a, a you know a very like brisk, like 80 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's fun, it's interesting. Um, and it's, it's made like, with it's only fast. it's made with only short ends from film reels. Pretty much. <laughs> and they made it for like a dollar. Like, I think they're like, I think the, the catering budget on F9 was like something like three orders of magnitude <laughs> higher than the budget on this film. Um, but I mean, you can't like, you kind of have to watch it. If you're going to talk about like the, the prison movie genre, then you kind of have to talk about Caged Heat a little bit. We kind of use it as a punchline, but I think that it's got an interesting enough pedigree that it's worth talking about. The thing about the Roger Corman's uh, Roger Corman's New World Studios was that it's so many, and we've talked about this before, so many incredibly talented people got their start there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like film school for the greats, right? Yep. Yeah. Jim Cameron, yeah. Joe Dante, um, Ron, Howard, Ron Howard, Jack Nicholson. Right? Yeah, all of these guys like, who came out of the Corman school. Um, and it's so important. It's like, uh, you know, I, it's it almost... 
you, you can't say enough about what Roger Corman contributed to American film. So I think that this is a, a worthy entry for Wednesday. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a trifle, it's a piffle. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it brought a smile to Mark Altman's face when I said it was going to be my pick rather than what my no. original pick was going to be. <laughs> like, I, 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 think, I think it's actually a great pick because when people think of prison movies, you know, they think of exploitation movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a staple of 70s and 80s, particularly at the dawn of the home video era. For those of us who worked in video stores, we know, like, you know, that it was one step down from the people who would come in to rent porn. They would, like, get the, the, you know, the R-rated prison movies. And mm -hmm. uh, so it's a completely legitimate pick. And I did cheat because I looked up and actually, it was Barbara Steele who played Superintendent okay. McQueen. So that's pretty cool. McQueen, um, right? 1974. Yeah. It can't be a coincidence. Hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the, the women in prison genre, you know, is a, has a long history going oh, back absolutely. to the 30s, I think. So it's a, mm -hmm. a very well-established uh, subgenre of the prison film and absolutely should be uh, represented here in the 430 movie. No, Representation I, I think it's great. <laughs> because I, I love that we can go from something like Papillon uh, you know, to, to Cage Heat. I mean, that's that's what the show is all about. That's why we're aboard her. I mean, it's great. Um, and you know, the, you know, bring, you're kind of bring balance to the force. You know, because I mean, Steve starts with Cool Hand Luke, and then you go to Papillon, and then you go to Cage So, and you know, I expect nothing less for Prison Week. Luke, Luke's hand was uh, very cool after it was severed from his yes. wrist. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hand on yeah. ice, Luke. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where, uh, what was her name found it? The one with the big eyes. I don't know. In the sequels. What Pumpkin was her name? I don't know. You know, that Lupita Nuango oh, player. Masconata. Right. Yeah, Masconata found the hand and put it on ice. <laughs> like, oh, oh, with the lightsaber. But she got rid of the hand. She kept the lightsaber. So. <laughs> oh, you mean Masconata. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that one. So, which Lupita is Jessica Von Puttermaker. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, by the way, if you are a Star Wars fan, you may want to check out the new book, Secrets of the Force, which just came out in a hardcover, digital, and audio this week. So, uh, wherever you buy books, go pick it up today. The only, problem the, is, uh, the only problem is the audio version is read by Yoda and it gets to be very uh, <laughs> difficult to <laughs> listen to uh, after a while. That's really funny. How great would that be? <laughs> yes. My eyes gross and Mark Altman. Chapter one? Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. War stars. <laughs> we can. Um, okay. So, uh, Great, great pick. So that brings us to Thursday. But, you know, everything's up in arms. I, look, Steve knew what I was going to pick. He, he could have I have it. I have it locked down on my pad yeah. here. So if I if I guess, I will turn it around. Okay. So, look, this is what I can I say what I think you were going to pick. And I was going to pick it until Ashley <laughs> didn't go with the pick that he should have gone with. Yeah. Um, okay. I was going to pick, as you probably guessed, Jules, De C Jules Dassin's Brute Force. Oh, okay. No. Really? Okay. No, I have a different that was going to be my that, that was my that was my my pick with Burt Lancaster and Hugh Cronin. But uh, obviously, and I could save it for Friday, but I'm not going to because I I I want to pick it. Frank Darabont's brilliant masterpiece, uh, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption with no Rita Hayworth. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard all the evidence. 
I submit that this was not a hot-blooded crime of passion. Consider this. A revolver holds six bullets, not eight. That means that he fired the gun empty and then stopped to reload. By the power vested in me by the state of Maine, I hereby order you to serve two life sentences back to back. One for each of your victims. So be it. Send you here for life? That's exactly what they take. I believe in two things. Discipline. Help me, John! In the Bible. Here you'll receive both. Andy came to Shawshank Prison in 1947. Why'd you do it? I didn't, since you asked. <laughs> you can fit right in. I must admit, I didn't think much of Andy the first time I laid eyes on him. He had a quiet way about him walk and a talk that just wasn't normal around here. There are places in the world that aren't made out of stone. There's something inside that they can't touch. What are you talking about? Hope. Let me tell you something, my friend. Hope is a dangerous thing. Damn it, dude, friend, you're putting me behind. Hope can drive a man insane. You better be sick or dead in there, I kid you not. Better get used to that idea. Oh, my holy God. I guess it comes down to a simple choice, really. Get busy living. You get busy dying. Get busy living. Or get busy dying. That's damn right. Um, it's no, the best I Stephen King movie ever made. Before. What, no. Shawshank? I'm almost no, certain we picked it we've before. We've never picked Shawshank. Really? Because that would have been my pick. All right, that's fine. I'm glad you picked oh. it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great movie. It's beautifully written, it. beautifully directed. Um, you know, it is... Uh, I remember seeing a screening of it at the Academy when it, the year came out before it opened. And I was just like, oh my God, this movie is so great. But I, I don't think it's going to make any money. And it didn't make any money. And uh, it was um, because of the title. Because yeah. of the title. And it's a shame. But but in, in the years since, it's become, you know, just this beloved classic. And uh, it was such great performances from Tim Robbins and Bob Gunton and Morgan Freeman. And uh, just, just a great Gunton cast. also in Star Trek. That's yes, correct. In, yes. in The Wounded. Yeah, he knew what the Cardassians were up to, but he didn't know what Dufresne was. Andy Dufresne was up to. <laughs> That's right. And don't forget the great Clancy Brown, who oh, I've yeah. had the pleasure of, uh, so, working with on a lot of projects. He's great. So great, so great. Because you know you can't push a button if you disable their hand. Oh wait, a movie. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, I, I remember seeing this movie when it came out, and also being blown away by it. And uh, I remember Dave's Laserdisc mm -hmm. uh, on Ventura Boulevard did a signing when the Laserdisc came out that I went to, and Darabont was there, and like everyone, everyone was there except like Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins right. was there. <laughs> I oh, by the way, Darren, this yeah. was my pick for you. I had the Shawshank Redemption. Was my pick. It absolutely would have been if I'd thought we hadn't picked it before. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know what can be said about this movie that hasn't been said. It, you exactly. know, it's often cited as I was an IMDb's number one movie of all time or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I go that far, but it is a incredibly satisfying, very well made, very uh, moving entertainment, very moving. Steve, I'm so glad you said that. This is a film from the mid '90s that a certain type of moviegoer seems to extol as like the greatest movie ever made. And, it's, and not. I, it's not. I mean, we love the movie. Yeah. It's a classic. It, 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 you know, I could see putting it on my top 100 list of all time. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not the greatest movie ever made. But apparently, you know, people who never saw a movie pre-Titanic seem to think that it's like the greatest movie ever made. Well, it's no um, caged heat. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be. It could be. It's, it's terrific. It's just I, a little I, cheaper. I, I happened to watch it last night because I, I thought we'd be talking about it. And I was just struck by, I love, it's brilliantly structured the way the story threads mm -hmm. intertwine. And it really makes you, it really makes, it really makes you feel the passage of time mm -hmm. in this movie with Andy Dufresne uh, locked up for 19 years where yeah. some threads come in and then more threads and then one story resolves and another story kind of takes over. And it really gives you that sort of episodic feel of being locked away for Year after year, yeah. mm -hmm. but it also feels like a fairy tale. Yeah, yeah. except for the rape I, scene, which I, which is why I found that objection. Well, it's one of those fairy tale rapes. But no, I mean that that, that seems it really feels out of place to me in that movie. Yeah, I, it, I agree, but it's not graphic. I mean, the camera pulls, no, but, turns away before it happens, but uh, you, you, you know, Morgan Freeman talks about it, and you see Tim Robbins as this sort of broken man. Uh, in the in the wake of it, it's yeah. it's horrific without being graphic, right? Right, but it's just kind of tonally mm -hmm. off from the rest I, of the film. Completely, I but completely you know what? Agree. Without it, there is no threat. Oh, I, mean, I think there's a perpetual I don't know. threat. I mean, he's in prison. Yeah, but prison isn't all that bad for Andy Dufresne, except for the, the you buggery. know the buggery. Yeah, and and uh, and attacks. Well, so it gives yeah. it, it gives it stakes, and then it gives Absolutely. you that great high when uh, when they turn about, you know, when when uh, Clancy yeah. beats the shit out of Drake from mm -hmm. Aliens, who yeah. <laughs> plays the, the head but of the I, rape game. I agree with Ashley. I think it's, it's this movie plays like a fairy tale, and just tonally, it seems really out of out of place in the movie. I think there's plenty of other threats to Andy throughout, and he's a caged bird who wants to fly, and it's just there's a lot of reasons for him to want to get out of prison. I don't think you need it. But I, it's a terrific movie, regardless. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 100%. You know how to read? You ignorant beep. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob Gunn is great. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And when he 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 befriends him and, and just, uh, you know, Andy well, he uses him. seems to be doing his bidding. Yeah, he, yeah, he has a good not, not before, Yeah, and, and, you know, and it, it's just like the way that uh, Gunn takes advantage of the convicts. And uses him and be sure and thank him. your wife for this fine pie. Oh, he's <laughs> such a great villain in that movie, and, and amazing. Yeah. yeah, you really want this guy to his comeuppance, and then it happens. It unfolds so deliciously uh, in yeah. the end. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's a great, great movie, and I'm sure it probably would have been our pick for Friday yeah. um, had I, I not swooped in and picked it. But um, but there are plenty of other picks. I'm shall I, really shall I reveal the one that I thought you were going to can pick? Can I Mark? guess? Can I guess? Yeah. Since I, I really thought you were going to yeah. guess for, for The Rock? No. No, we've picked oh. The Rock. 
Oh, we have we picked the rock? Have we? Yep. Oh, I don't know. Have we gotten a piece of the rock? I believe it was um it was a pick in uh Connery. Con- Connery oh maybe? yeah, it was six mm. degrees of uh of uh, James Bond of 007. Yeah. So yeah, we picked that. Although a lot of people would argue that he was playing James Bond in the right. rock. Right. That yeah. that that he was 007. It can be but argued okay. thus. It can. That, that, that movie actually Christmas has movie. one of my favorite, just little like random ass lines of dialogue of all time. When the um, when all the tourists are being locked into the cells, yeah. and that guy yells, "What kind of fucked up tour is this?" I'm like, I was just I, in. <laughs> I just died. I love that. I can watch that. That's again your favorite line in the rock. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just one of my favorite random lines from like an extra. Right, this is kind of like there, you know. That's like he's not okay. like a character; it's just kind of like thrown out there. It's just okay. it's delicious. Uh, now, uh, but until Mark, well, you, you so asked I thought, me, oh. I, I was going to pick the longest yard. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting mm-hmm. pick! The original, not the remake. With the Adam original, Sandler. not the freaking yeah, yeah, remake. Yeah, okay. yeah. that would have so been a I great thought, pick too. I, I thought Mark was going to go more obscure. No, you know, it's funny you say that. The Bud Banneker of Behind Locked Doors. But here's why I wouldn't, Steve. Because technically it was an asylum and not a prison. Um, so so Island is right out. I think a, a, a maybe a fine difference given the period in which it was made where asylum. Uh, no, no. Prisons, believe me, it definitely crossed my mind. I'm a huge Bud Banneker fan. I'm not a huge fan of Behind Locked Doors. Uh, yeah. But I, I would have... There's a very good chance that I would have picked that under different circumstances. It's a fine guess. You were definitely, definitely in the ballpark. And for those, it's, w- a, it's a Bud Boddicker uh, film noir about uh, someone going undercover in a uh, in an asylum, be, be choosing to be locked up in order to uncover uh, the truth about. Yeah. And, and those asylum movies, I find even creepier when you're, you know, uh, and they happen a lot in TV episodes, but it happens in movies too, where, you know, against your will, you're institutionalized, you know, and they're drugging you. So you can't, you know, like for some reason, like you have the, the secret information or something, and then you're stuck in the mental asylum. You know, I'm not even talking about- back. How can you fight yeah. back again? You're accused of being insane and doctors can just come in and say, yeah, right. no, he's insane. You know, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, and then, you know, they're, they're shooting you up with stuff. And I'm not even talking about Once Upon not Once Upon a Time, uh, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. I'm talking about the more pot boiler ones, you right. know. Uh, yeah, like Shutter Island. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, which I, I like. love movies like that, yeah. And like One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest is great, like stuff like The Ninth Configuration. But those are asylum films. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, I uh, things that were on my list for Out of the Box Wednesday were things like, Star Trek Six, but I decided that the the prison planet wasn't enough of a thing mm-hmm. in the movie, yeah. and it's really yeah. more of a conspiracy thriller. Yeah. However, a very serious contender for Wednesday was Alien Three. Ah, oh, that would have been legit. Mm. That would have been legit. Interesting. It would have been a good pick too. It's a good out yeah. of a boxer. I, I think yeah. we can, you know, look, I think we have something to consider for, for Friday. Although, I mean, look, we can't go with The Great Escape because we picked it already. Right. Greatest yeah, yeah. prisoner war movie ever. With Rick Dalton or without, it's great. Right. And, but but um, we could pick... Different Stal- movie with but, Rick Dalton. But we could pick Stalag 17. We could. Mm-hmm. We could pick Stalag 17, which is also a terrific Billy, uh, Billy, Billy Wilder movie. Yeah. Um, really great. There's I almost was, picked my favorite uh, POW movie, The Bridge on the River Kwai. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have we not picked that before? I don't think I, I don't think we did. Go to the phones. 
I don't think I we did. We did like pick Beneath the Planet of the Apes, however. Right. Um, yes. We got we got a couple good Alcatraz movies. There's the Birdman yeah. from Alcatraz with yeah. Burt, Burt yeah. Lancaster. Sure. We have not picked the Bridge in the River quite. Ooh. There we go. Nope. Uh, and we and we ahead, have Darren. Escape from Alcatraz with Clint yeah. Eastwood, which is yeah. a, a hell of a lot of fun. If if yeah. only for the paper mache head. Well, <laughs> I, I, I got a question for uh, Steve Melching. Steve, have you ever been in a Turkish prison? <laughs> <laughs> You like it when your dog rubs up and down on your leg. If you're laughing, I guess you haven't been. Mid Midnight Express. <laughs> Midnight, Midnight Express. Express. Yeah, uh, you like, know. These days, I want to put Oliver Stone in a Turkish prison, but <laughs> completely overheated uh, um, a movie from Oliver Stone. He won his first Oscar for it, uh, writing the script. It was directed by the great, the late great Alan Parker, mm-hmm. again a master of various genres. Uh, that was another great thing about Alan Parker was that he could. You know, he he moved effortlessly from you know something like Pink Floyd's The Wall and to a great Angel score Heart, by Giorgio Fame and uh-huh. a great score by Giorgio Mora. It's it's a good movie. Obviously, took a lot of liberties with the real story. Um, but talk about a nightmare scenario. You know, you're some kids traveling overseas and you get busted for drugs and thrown in some for- horrible shithole foreign prison. Well, let me tell you, oh it's God. what forty movies, forty years since that movie came out. So during the pandemic, I I normally travel through Germany when I'm coming back from Bulgaria, and um, mm-hmm. because uh, a lot of flights were canceled, I was going to be on Turkish Air and I had to fly to Istanbul, mm. oh, and boy. I really didn't want to because I, of Midnight you. Express. And of course, it, when I got to the airport, it's one of the most beautiful airports I've ever yeah. seen. And actually, Turkish Air was actually a fantastic airline. So all my uh, expectations and 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 uh, you know my fears were completely allayed. Well, you, you but, should have uh, spent a couple hours as uh, uh, from Russia with love in the Hagia Sophia. You know, I should have. I really should have. <laughs> I, I, but I was. Yeah. I just wanted to get back to the the, the states at that point. Yeah. Um, but I, I have to say, you. like my one trip to uh, to Bulgaria. Uh, when we were doing, um, you were doing scouting for Sonia or whatever, like uh, there was like a thought that we would come back through Istanbul. And it was just like, there was something about like that experience that seemed, and and for exactly that reason that I was like, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, because because of midnight, it's like anti-product placement. Normally the product placement is to get you to go somewhere. Like in a Bond movie, they, you know, oh, oh God, that looks beautiful, Sardinia. I will go there, you know, or, or you know, whatever these things are. Like Midnight Express was the anti-product place. It's like, I don't ever want to go to Turkey because of Midnight Express. I I, right. I nearly went to Turkey on Exorcist 3 mm. because we had a second unit shooting in Hagia Sophia for the afterlife sequences, the dream mm. sequence. And uh, I almost did, but uh, I, I dodged a bullet. But it would have been interesting. Yeah, it probably would have been. And you would have seen the beautiful architecture. I mean, obviously, Istanbul is a beautiful city. I mean, Absol- you know, again, it, it's, all, all of it is getting a bad rap because of Midnight Express. It's, you know? uh, it's no Constantinople. But is, why did Constantinople get the works? It's, it's nobody's, it's nobody's business, business but the Turks. The Turks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, other, 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 other prison movies that we uh, may want to uh, 
Oh, I mean, there's another Stephen King uh, selection with the Green, the Green Mile. Mile. Sure. Oh, that's that's one I completely forgot about. Absolutely, it's a good one. Uh, there's Stir Crazy if you want to go co- the comedy route. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's also the the Poor Man's The Rock Con Air, which is super fun <laughs> yeah. and campy and I'm gonna and save the and and but it, it's it's fun as hell. And uh, even though, it, you know, it's it's just totally pulpy. And, uh, you know, and then just the art film, which was a huge movie in the 80s, a, a very, and, and there were a couple of Academy Award nominations. Do you remember Barbet? Was it Barbet Schroeder? No, it was Barbet oh. Schroeder. It was um, Kiss the Spider Woman. Kiss the Spider Woman. Right. Yeah, with John Raul Hurt. Julia yeah. and William Hurt. John Hurt. Terrific movie. Hurt. I haven't seen it since it came out. Um, yeah. But uh, really, I was disappointed uh, that there wasn't a lot of web slinging in it. <laughs> yeah, no Green Goblin in this no. one. There's a good uh, British one that I saw at Telluride a few years back called Starred Up. That was mm. uh, quite good. Uh, mm. I thought it was quite good. Oh, uh, and well, you know, you know, we didn't pick, uh, which we should consider. Lots of well, I was going to say that um, last week when we talked about doing prison movies, we made a joke, and I said, "Oh, damn, that's my pick." Uh, and it's true. Face Off. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like that yeah. actually has like some of the coolest prison shit ever. There's They're not in the prison site. for that long, are they? How long are they actually? Oh, yeah, and they got to break out the and they're in the prison it's for like a while. 45 and... minutes in like the prison. I mean, it's like Star Trek enough for Friday. In the prison. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, another out of the box Wednesday was Cube. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, a little independent sci fi movie from way the hell back when. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Vin- Vin- Vincent Natali, I believe, directed that. That, yeah. yeah. It was basically a Star Trek The Next Generation episode, but. It so was. It totally <laughs> was. Well, wasn't one of the actresses in that? Didn't she go on to be in a Star Trek? Yeah, Nicole DeBoer. Yeah, yeah. Nicole DeBoer. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. She, was, yeah, she yeah, plays yeah. Uh, Esri Dex. Yeah. Yep, on Deep Space Nine. Yep. And yeah. in Cube. And in Cube, she plays Esri Dex. Oh, then there's something like In the Name of the Father. We've got uh, you know, yeah. the Irish uh, uh, IRA uh, people mm. in jail. Irish IRA people in jail. Those people from the IRS are in jail. <laughs> there's that great scene in Out of Sight, which we've already picked, and it's not a prison movie, but we're... Uh, Clooney and Albert Brooks, you know, get when he gets the idea from Albert Brooks about the caper. And mm-hmm. uh, it's such a great scene. All that prison stuff is so great with Clooney in prison. Everything about that movie is great, though. Mm-hmm. There's uh, American Me. Yeah. With uh, Edward James Olmos. Absolutely. American yeah. You with Lauren Green. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dead Man Walking. <laughs> Sean Penn. Yeah. yeah. Sean Penn and, and uh, Susan Sarandon. Grand Illusion. Right. Similar sort of POW. Sure. Yep. Movie. Yep. Yep. Jailhouse Rock. I mean, oh my come God. On. How could we not pick Elvis that? Presley. Going mm-hmm. to a party yeah. in the county jail. You know what? Prisoners there, they began to wail. I'm not going to continue. I would just uh, be no, silly. Just don't. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. No, no, no. I love you. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, uh, you know, there's the uh, Christopher Lambert classic, Fortress. Ooh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, that's like all the, that's the lone one, Escape Clause or Escape Plan or whatever that one was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't that with Schwarzenegger? 
Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like by then nobody cared. Remember, yeah, it was like oh, in the eighties, it'd be like Stallone and Schwarzenegger in a movie, movie. together. That'd be the most amazing thing ever, next to Sean Connery and Roger Moore being in a movie together. But yeah. um, and then then like Which by the time they happened. did this in the two thousands, like who cared? No one. No one. No one cared. No one. <laughs> so meet the Flintstones in jail. They're um, a modern Stone Age family. So what? what is it going to be, guys? Shit, I don't know, man. Woo, this is tough. This is a tough call. It is. I mean, look, I'll make the case for The Longest Yard simply because it's different tonally from everything else that we've that we've picked. It's fun. It's cool. It got remade in a way that kind of pointed up how great the first version of the movie was. Mm. Right. Um, you know, Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds being very charming, playing football. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Well, my, 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 I would be pushing brute force, which I don't think any of you have seen mm -hmm. uh, with Burt Lancaster. Nope. And but I know uh, what you mean. so I can't, but it's, you know, you know, great black and white noir by Jules Dassin. That was, you know, and the whole thing takes place in prison. I think it's on Criterion now, so I'm not going to push it because nobody's seen it. So, but right. I think Midnight Express would be my my pick for Friday. I think that's I mean, the talk about showing the horrors of prison, the horror and more. Uh, I, I, I could go along with that. <laughs> Part of me is really feeling the the siren call of Alien Three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, wow. I can get behind that. I, 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 boy, that you know, I, I, it's almost a better Ashley Wednesday pick than it is a Friday pick. But I would totally <laughs> go for it. A bunch of like, bald British dudes that you can barely tell apart. Okay, let me yeah, ask like, you guys. Yeah, what version do you prefer to watch? You watch the theatrical, or do you watch the reconstituted cut on the Blu-ray, which isn't the Fincher cut, but it's like the extra footage cut, the extended cut on the Blu-ray. I hate that movie. So I, I hate both. <laughs> He's going to exercise his veto power. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, and that's, I totally respect the exercise of that veto power. But I, I will say that... Like, we got to eliminate the filibuster the, here, guys. The, no, the, the thing that comes to mind whenever I hear about Alien 3 is that, oh, well, how do you know he's the alien? Well, he's not got shit all over him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I always thought Alien Three is uh, it's not at all a satisfying sequel to the first two movies, um, but it's interesting. It's a fascinating experiment that I that I yeah. just I find interesting, and I'm glad it exists. I love that description, Steve. Exactly, I completely. Uh, it's agree. not a satisfying sequel to the first two movies, but in and of itself, it's a really interesting, intriguing movie. I, I really always, is. I always hope that the fourth one, you know, Ripley would just wake up in her hypersleep to being awakened, and we yeah. would—that was all some kind of horrible nightmare—and yeah. yeah. then the story would continue. <laughs> That's like, what they should the have thing, done. The thing that makes that movie work is also the thing that makes that movie not work. Weirdly enough, right? Like Ripley has to be alone. She has to be the alien inside that society. She has to be the threat. Um, metaphorically, in a way that the that the alien is a threat. To do that, you can't be saddled with Hicks. You can't be saddled with Newt. But you have to look at the when you watch the movie, you watch it in the context of Hicks and Newt and what happened in Aliens. So having them 
off, like off screen, kind of undoes the emotional investment of aliens. So you almost have to let that go and just uh, mentally pretend that aliens didn't happen, which is difficult, which is why I think that Steve is right. It's like what makes it a really interesting movie and a really beautiful movie. Um, but it's, you can't, I, I can't watch it and think like, wow, this is exactly the sequel that I wanted to Aliens. However, I will say this much. There was a period where that movie was going to be made by Rennie Harlan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? No matter what, like, thank God, that was the movie that really kicked off. I mean, it nearly killed it, but kicked off David Fincher's career but, as a director. But There's before so many. But before Vincent Rennie Ward. Harlan, it was going to be, yeah, yeah what was Vincent his name? Ward. Vincent, Vincent Ward, Ward, who did uh, uh, what, what Dreams May Come. Um, right. And it, it would have been like, the wooden planet. Oh, yeah, yeah. there's no technology. Yeah. That script, I remember reading that script, thinking, what the, like, hell what the hell is this? Strange, strange. <laughs> yes. So, okay, so we, anyway. we narrowed it down to Longest Yard, Midnight Express, and Alien 3. What? I, those I've are, never I seen could, The Longest Yard. I've always really? wanted to. Yeah, that's it's another one that's so on fun. my list. Yeah, it, Save it for I, Sports Movie Week. Yeah. Sports I, just, <laughs> I, I wasn't into sport. I wasn't a sports movie. I wasn't that into sports movies or Burt Reynolds, you know, at the time. So I just kind of, it just never was high on my list of things to see. But now it is. Right. And I really want to see it. But Darren is really against Alien 3. I'm really <laughs> against Alien 3. So I just wanted maybe, to have the conversation. <laughs> Look, no, the conversation uh, I, isn't a prison movie. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're talking about the prison of his soul. So, so, so can we go with Midnight I, Express? I'd I like to, to say, go with Midnight sure. Express. Sure. It's impossible to imagine a more exciting film, says Rona Barrett. Rex Reed called it a colossal triumph. Months before its release, it stunned and overwhelmed a special preview audience. It's the movie they couldn't wait to talk about. The movie is Midnight Express. He was a 20-year-old American boy, up against a system he didn't understand, spoken in a language he couldn't speak. He was beyond the help of his parents and the power of the United States government. And yet, he triumphed. His name is Billy Hayes. His story is true. And his ordeal is so incredible, it will change you forever. The movie is Midnight Express. Okay. Oliver Stone's new book, uh, or not, it's not so new anymore, uh, oh, Chasing the Light, where he, he, he talks about the movie at length. And again, I've recommended this book on the show before. I recommend it again. Uh, it just came out paperback. And uh, there's some great stuff about uh, Midnight Express. It's a movie it's about heroes it. and heroin. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well said. Well said. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Friday Midnight Express then? Is that what we've decided? Yeah. Okay, coming on strong in the end. Midnight Express from Alan Parker, which is good. Okay, so this has been Prison Week. We're slamming the door. We're free men. (laughs) We're leaving prison behind. We're getting picked up and, uh, and, and driven away. But before we do that, let's sum up 
our week. Monday, Steve Melching. Monday is uh, Paul Newman and George Kennedy in Cool Hand Luke. Tuesday, Darren. Tuesday, it's Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman in Papillon. Wednesday, Ashley Edward Miller. Wednesday is Jonathan Demme's Caged Heat. Thursday, Thursday, it's the Shawshank Redemption. And Friday, it's Midnight Express. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you guys, this is a pretty good week. Like, I would watch this week. In fact, I feel like I have. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This episode felt like being in prison. (laughs) (laughs) This is a tough one. This is a tough one, tough week, but but good movie. It came out well. This is good stuff. Good stuff, good, man. Good movies. Uh, have we been rehabilitated? Are we fit to rejoin society? We, we, I don't know what you think that means. And, and on Saturday, it's Harold and Kumar go to Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this is good. And then uh, you know uh, we'll be back next week with an all new episode, which will not be in prison. It'll no, be, uh, maybe we're back on the streets. <laughs> but uh, yeah I want to remind people if they're fans of the fourth third movie they can watch us on the Electric Now app download it and watch uh, the video versions of this podcast you can also check out the new Leverage After Show which is a video only podcast that's not available on audio and check out Steve and Ashley's wonderful podcast Cartoon Barroom where they talk about cartoons and animation and if you're a fan of Star Trek why not check out Darren and my uh, Star Trek podcast Inglorious Trexperts or its spinoff Trexperts Briefing Room where we do audio commentaries for classic Star Trek episodes uh, with uh, writers, producers, and super fans. And of course, Best Movies Never Made which examines movies that never saw the light of a projector bulb. That's a really terrific podcast as well. Check them all out on the Electric Now app or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're a fan of this podcast, please Rate us five stars so other people will know that this is a podcast worth listening to. The podcast environment has gotten very crowded, but the 430 movie continues to grow, and that's thanks to you. And, of course, you can follow us on social media at uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at 430 Movie Podcast. Check us out. The new Instagram feed is, uh, is terrific, and there's been some great content on there, so you may want to add us on Instagram if you haven't already. And, of course, we want to thank our uh, sound editor, uh, Mark Rivera, his, uh, his uh, mentor, the great Bill Ritter, and, of course, our producer, Natalie Miscali, and our associate producers, Zach Raggetts and Peter Holmstrom, and as well as our video producer, Dylan Middlebrook. So until next week, when Darren, Steve, Ashley, and myself, Mark Altman, return with another all-new theme week of curated Fantastic movies. movies. I have one last thing to say. Eyewitness News starts now. Worn through a party in the county jail. The prison band was there, they began to wail. The band was jumping and the joint began to swing. You should have heard those knocked out jailbirds sing that Everybody let it rock Everybody in old cell block Was dancing to the tail out rock Spider Murphy played the tenor saxophone Little Joe was blowing on the slide trombone The drummer boy from Illinois would crash boom bang The whole rhythm section was a purple gang Let it rock Everybody let it rock
This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.